Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Are you scared? Do you have something in your throat? No, that's not. Are no. you trying to like get it out? I'm a ghost. Just cough. No, Just get it that's out. not. That's not what it sounds like when I want to cough. Oh. That's that's more of a. <laughs> it's a very different sound. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, that does actually sound like me. Yeah. No. No. Happy almost Halloween. Happy almost Halloween. Happy almost Halloween. So I got a really nice, really nice. Um, Sort of message the other day, and I wanted to share it with you. Oh. To do this, was I need to... Was it from sh- Beyond the Grave? It was from Beyond the Grave. Twitter Beyond the Grave, <laughs> which I would watch that show. I want to show you a visual, and so, of course, this is a podcast. No one else is going to be able to see it. So, people, I highly recommend... Uh, I will put this on uh, our Instagram. I'll, I'll put this on our show notes and such. But I want you to look at this cover. This is about a... This is a picture book that's coming out in 2019. All right. And what is the title of this picture book? Let's have a dog party. And it's a by a Michaela Provost. Yeah. And how does that dog on the cover look? Imagine Tim Burton drew a dog, and the dog has sniffed one too many piles of white powder, big circles underneath it, all around his eyes. Does he look like a happy dog? I think that's the important part here. Well, no. No, he looks deeply unhappy and he looks like this is the last place in the world he wants to be correct i mean is the book about a kid throwing a party for the dog and the dog not wanting a party at all ding 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 that is exactly what it is and so i saw this cover and i loved it because that dog is in hell all right that dog has looked into the gaping maw of misery and has drowned there so that's what that wait what does this have to do with halloween well a nothing and B, um, <laughs> it's actually kind of a reference to Go Dog Go. Let's have a, a dog party. A dog party! You remember there's a big dog party on the top of the tree? Oh, yeah. Exactly, so it's like, kind of similar. There's like 30 dogs in a tree for some reason. Well, I had uh, tweeted this cover because I enjoyed it very much. I'm getting all the 2019 picture books in right now. And I tweeted it. And then, Michaela Provost, the author, wrote this on Twitter. A story of magic. Girl listens to latest Fuse Kate podcast. What? Girl takes quick nap, and girl wakes up to seeing her picture book, Let's Have a Dog Party, get a shout-out by magical librarian extraordinaire Fuse 8. So I am a magical librarian extraordinaire. You can call me M-L-E. M-L-E. That's what you can call me from now on. Mole. I'll no. call you mole. That's not... Yeah. No. All right. M-L-E. Maybe we'll rethink that Mole, one. mole, mole, mole. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, Michaela already was listening to this podcast. So, uh, tip of the hat to you, Michaela. I did not know that when I tweeted your fantastic book cover. Um, thank you for listening. Mole, mole, it's mole, not, mole. Okay, I'm fine. I resend it. I resend it. <laughs> All right. But this is the Halloween season. Yes. And I figured we should do one last... Halloweenish book. Do you want to like introduce yourself first? No. 
Oh, you, I guess you did. You're the extraordinary. No, I'm the magical librarian extraordinary. Mole. I'll write. I'll 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 sew it on some. So you're mole you. mole mole. Now that kind you of sounds like guacamole? mole 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 mole. I'm kind of into it now. I just think of Austin Powers with all the mole. <laughs> it was. I it? don't remember that no, at it's, all. It's Fred. Is it from the third one? No, it's Fred Savage, and he's he's got Where a giant. Fred Savage. Oh, he has a mole right. on his face, and it's like. Mole. That's in the second one, right? Uh, it's second or third. I don't think I saw the second that often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, want to make some chop it up and make some guacamole. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. I should be more upset, but I'm enjoying this too much. <laughs> All right, I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. Yes, and this is uh, Fusing, Kate, where we talk about picture books. Children's picture books. Children's pic, as opposed to adult picture books, yes. Are there? I mean, there actually are. Yeah, kind of, but... Yeah, you showed me there was that I Hate My Cat book, which you said is really more I would for actually say that's more than... for adults. I agree. I hate my cats. Cats. Plural, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are picture books. And there are, are some that are explicit. I mean, Cindy Sherman did a picture book, for crying out loud. So, you know, there is that. But yes, we do them for children, and we determine uh, if they should remain in the canon of children's literature. If they're classics. If they're classics, basically. And now we're doing specifically a Halloween. Right, which is very tricky, because there aren't that many classic Halloween. More than any other holiday, I would say. Sorry, Labor Day. Even then, it's hard to keep coming up, but there's many of them. And today, this is a slightly newer uh, book. Came out in my lifetime. So there you go, right there. And, uh, well, I'll just pull it out of the bag here, and uh, we'll see if you recognize the creator by any chance. The so, creator? The cre well, the author of the book. The Wolves in the Walls by Neil Gaiman and illustrated by Dave McKean. That's correct. Now, do you know Neil Gaiman in any way, shape, or form? So when you were pregnant, I emailed Neil Gaiman. Oh, that's right. And I said, hey, I, I think you're famous. Do you have a book you want to give to my sister? <laughs> that's right. You did do that. And he was like, sure. Or, that, he did. And he did. He did. He did. He's a very nice man. Um, it he's, was an alphabet book. It really, was. It was a creepy Oh, I wonder what book. happened to that, because I never saw it again. <laughs> okay, I've got to figure out what happened to that book. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also did the Graveyard book, too, though. I think he sent that as well. Yeah, um, that a, I know. Uh, TV show, American Gods, with Kristen Chenoweth. Very good. Very good. Um, yep. He's, he's got, married to Amanda Palmer. He's got musician. crazy hair. He has crazy hair. He but did. Uh, I don't whole... think I've read a single thing he's done. Uh, yeah, you probably haven't. Well, that changes today. Wait, he wrote Coraline. Yeah, he wrote Coraline. According to the top of the book, it oh, says yes. by the author of the magical New York Times bestseller Coraline. Well, Faith and Begora, so it does. Yes, he wrote Coraline. He did the Sandman graphic novel series, which I know you've never seen. He did a Doctor Who episode once, I guess. Um, yeah. There's no real reason. I you know, know he's famous. I he's just famous. don't know him. Yeah, that's okay. Well, now <laughs> you're going to get annoyed. Which is great to, like, when you can email authors and be like, hey, I don't know you. Can you give me free I bet stuff? you really appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Because well, he just has to deal with people all day saying, you're famous, you're famous. Like, he's just, just once, just once, I'd like someone to email me and not know who I am. Yeah. And I, you gave him that gift, Kate. I did. You gave him that gift. So take this, my gift, and read that book up. While Kate's doing her read, let's talk a little bit about this book. Okay, so 
finding interesting background information on this book is a little peculiar, but there is a recent news item that concerns this book. Back in January of 2018, uh, it was announced on Variety Magazine that this book is now available in virtual reality. What does that mean, you say? I don't know, but this is what they said. They said Fable Studio is having its coming out at Sundance with Wolves in the Walls, a VR adaptation of the Neil Gaiman children's book by the same name. Uh, they said that the first episode was directed by Pete Billington. I don't know how you direct VR, but all right. Uh, and it said it was going to come to the Oculus Rift headset soon. It ran about nine minutes. They wanted to release three episodes altogether, totaling around 30 minutes. This was in January, so I'm a little baffled. Uh, if any of you have the Oculus Rift headset and have access to this edition of it, feel free to write to us and tell us how that went. You can do so at usekate8 at gmail.com. We're back. Did you get fears you never had before? Yup. Yeah. Thanks for that. Did you even know? I suppose it's true. You could have something in your walls. Oh, no. It's not that. Oh. Oh, what is it then? Well, let's get into it. Okie dokie. So I read this weird book. <laughs> so you've never seen Dave McKean's art, I take it? Nope. So you've never read Coraline? Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was all new to you? Yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's, it's an original style, do you not think? It is. Mm -hmm. When I first looked at this, on the very first page when it says Lucy walked around the house, I was like, oh, sweet. It's like collage and illustrations that's yeah that's there's awesome. photography worked in there in some way yeah but like their carpet is like it's like a combination yeah. of like cut out pictures which is awesome yeah. and then there's photography and mm -hmm. there's until you see her face mm -hmm. what's wrong with her face it is terrifying oh come on she is terrifying she does she, what because there's no pupils no it's just pupils it's just dots yeah. Yeah. Holes, holes in the face. And eye sockets. It's just pupils and eye sockets. Teeny tiny eye sockets. It, there's something, it's just, it's weird. But you get where the eyes would be. I mean, it's a, uh, how different is it from any children's book where it's just dots for eyes? This, it just seems. Because of the style of the art. Yes, yeah, because mm -hmm. the shadowing and the sockets, it just I've makes never, it look more sunken in. It's I have just... never noticed that. I guess because Coraline, it's the same style, so I've never even noticed that that's what the eyes are. But no, okay. I mean, like, the mom has eyelids, but she doesn't really. She just has the Well, the sockets. mom's looking down so often. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she just has Lucy the... does not look down. Lucy looks straight ahead at all things. And Lucy runs to her mom and says, there's wolves in the walls. Now, if my child came to me and said, there's wolves in the walls, I would take her to a doctor. Wolves, plural. Yeah. What if your child had a hyperactive imagination and was constantly coming up with stuff? Now it's wolves in the walls. Yesterday it was, there was a parade of pink elephants, you know. Okay. But, Not that but, Lucy strikes me as that kind of kid. Right. And also, I think maybe mental illness runs in the family because the mom is making like a hundred jars of jam. Well, it's jamming season. 
There's way too many jars going on here. But she she's known, clearly she's known for her jam. Is she? I think so. Because that one's half empty. Maybe she sells them. Maybe that's her job. We never know what the mom's job is. So the mom doesn't really take her seriously. And she's like, you're probably hearing mice. Right. Because um, mice and wolves sound pretty similar. Right. Exactly. Little tiny mice going, oh. <laughs> but then Ow. she says... And for you know what they say, if the wolves come out of the walls, then it's all over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is the mom trying to do? Scare her daughter to death? <laughs> why would you say that? Well, it's never going to happen, so, you know, why we- not mention it? And then Lucy asks, what's all, all, all over? And her mom just says, it. It. That's, are, are you trying to put your daughter <laughs> through therapy? Because you're doing a darn good job at this point. Like, and then. So you would call that, you would, you would call that a mom fail. Oh, that's a big mom That's fail. a big time mom fail. Why would you purposely scare your child? Like, well, I don't think the mom's like paying full attention here. I think she's distracted by her jamming. And who's ever heard that saying? Like, when the wolves come out of the walls, it's all over. I don't know. It kind of sounds like a phrase, though. You know, they say, red sky in morning, sailors take morning. When the wolves come out of the walls, it's all over. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Needs a little catchy... Rhyme there. So then she tries to go to sleep, and she can still hear something in the wall. So yeah. the next day, she goes to her dad, who's playing his tuba, which is awesome. It is awesome. And she tells him, hey, I think there's wolves in the walls. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't think there are, Poppet. Then I was like, okay, where the heck in the world are they? Oh, yeah. Because who calls their child Poppet? Brits. So they're in Britain. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think this was originally published in England. Because... He, then he says it. If the wolves come out of the walls, it's all over. So this might be a phrase that the British know. And she says, who says that? And he says, people, everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to playing his tuba. Right. Okay, so if it's a British thing, maybe that's... There you go. Sure. Yeah, it's one of those crazy, like, British euphemisms. But he, is he trying to scare her, too? Like, why? No, I mean, that's just a thing people say. Yeah, when the wolves come out of the walls, it's all over. <laughs> Jeez. Her brother says, no wolves are in this part of the world. That's so, true. Remember, in England, they had wolves, and then they completely destroyed them, um, and that's why you won't find any wolves in England anymore. They were completely hunted to death. Really? That is actually a fact. Yes. They so, had a huge woods back then. Okay, well, then that yeah. supports the the idea that this is in England? Yes. That okay. would very much support it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's, you know, and then he says, and thirdly, if wolves come out of the walls, it's all over. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Who? says this and he says mr wilson at my school so i got a theory (laughs) that mr wilson is slowly trying to tear this girl like torture her you think she's being gaslit by mr wilson yeah because he's hitting everyone in her family it's i don't like this mr wilson i I don't know know who he is but i don't like him i believe he's the neighbor of dennis the menace but that's neither here nor there and he never comes up again no he never does come up again you know why why is that because the wolves come out of the walls. Well, they do. Well, that's yeah. a spoiler. Oh, by the way, yeah, there's yeah. wolves. Oh, where are in they? Walls. Oh, they're in walls. Yeah. Oh. So that's. And what a, happens when they come out? That's um, they run amok. And and it's all over. But here's the thing. So wolves came out of the walls. Yeah. In my notes, I wrote, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, they just came out of the walls there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We're a little unclear on the details of that one. Like, there's not, like, 
a bookcase where if you remove a book and then there's like a sliding bookcase and then you can come and what, out. On there. the other side, it's, it's the, wolves. a forest? Like, wh- who? No, they're in the walls. We determined later that it's a lot, there's a lot of space there since apparently there's broken up furniture yeah. and stuff. I'm a well, little curious about that. We haven't even gotten there so yet. So the wolves kick the family out because they're terrified. Well, I think the family's running hell for leather out of there and the wolves right. have just taken over. And yeah. the wolves have taken over this house. But I, this is my favorite picture because the sky is really pretty. This is after they've run out of the house. And, yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a wolf howling up at the moonlight, mm-hmm. and it's and it, all the lights are on in the house. It's, so yeah. the way that they do the art, atmospheric. Good word. Thank you. Yes, it, it's very strange because sometimes it's illustrations, sometimes it's drawings, sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's collages, but. The family all has different ideas of what they should do. The father's like, we should go live in the Arctic Circle. The mother says, we should go live in the Sahara Desert. The brother says, we should go live in outer space with nothing but foozles and squoseks. I'm like, I don't know what those are, but I like that. Yeah, I feel like I've read about foozles in a different British children's book. Really? Um, yeah, maybe this is a thing. Neil Gaiman's British? Yes, he's British. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, he, he's very, very British. Ah. Though he does live uh, in Minnesota, last I knew. Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But no, born and raised a Brit. Yeah. Okay, so this is sorry, a okay, very okay. British book. So you did not know that he was British. Nope. Well, this explains much then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay, got it. Check. All right. British. Lots of British. Got Wonderful. It. Um, this is very interesting to me because a lot of the average Joe who would pick this up and read it their children would not know that he was British. So I thought he you. was just making up words. I was like, I like squosics. No, I think he is also making up words. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're just very British-sounding alien Oops. species. Remember, he likes Doctor Who. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, I, I don't want to live... Lucy, the daughter, is like, I don't want to live anywhere except for my house. So I went from the beginning of the book thinking that she was crazy mm-hmm. to now I'm like, no, she's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, she, she was on board from the start. She, she knew what was going on. And she's, so they sleep outside mm-hmm. where she dreams about her, her, she has this puppet, this pig puppet mm-hmm. that she's like obsessed with. Wow. It's her best friend. She's, yeah, it's her best friend. And it's stuck in the house. Yeah. And so she dream, you know, she's thinking about it. It's alone in the house with these crazy wolves that are like watching TV and eating all the food. And, and mm-hmm. she's worried for her puppet, pig puppet's safety. That's which sweet. Is, yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Um, so she decides to go back into the house mm-hmm. and get her pig puppet. Mm-hmm. She slips into the walls where the wolves used to be. This is what I love. Apparently she just knows where that entrance is. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it was really super easy to get into. And apparently they never thought to close that off in the first place. Okay. Well, wolves aren't real thinkers there. Well, no, like the family. They didn't think, oh. Oh, yeah. Maybe something could crawl in here. We should probably block it off. No? Okay. Who knows? So she crawls into her room mm-hmm. through the walls yep. and finds a large wolf with socks on snoring. And it's very cool because it's like half illustration, half photography. Sketchy pen and ink illustration at that. Not yeah. even like a very real. Because he does really realistic illustrations when he wants to. But... Though I will say, mm-hmm. Wolf in the Snow, I like those wolves better than these wolves. Oh, it's a smackdown. I'm just saying. Dave like... McKean versus Matthew Cordell. Yeah, I Burn, Dave McKean. I think, like, Matthew Cordell's wolves better. That's okay. They're very, I would say these are less realistic wolves. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not realistic. They've got more goofy habits. So she goes in. She gets her pig puppet out of the wall. Oh, I love the pairing, by the way. I just love the idea of pairing this with Wolf in the Snow. Oh. And now I kind of want to do that somewhere. Maybe this is the little girl grown up. There you go. She already had this encounter with wolves before. Yeah. But then wouldn't she have the encounter with the wolves that she's had? Anyway, yeah. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, oh, I'm overthinking this. Right. So she goes back outside with her family. And they were like, where were you? She's like, I went to go get my pig puppet. And then she goes to bed. So the next morning, the brother goes to school. This is where I get confused. The mother goes to work. Right. Why doesn't she go to school? I have no idea, and it bugs me every time I read it. Apparently, she's now the planning expert. I have no idea. Where is her school? Why? How do you get a free pass out of school when your brother doesn't? I do not know. Do you stop going to school after a certain age? No. I don't... Never. Well, well, maybe in this family, like, after the age of 12, they get homeschooled or something. Maybe. But, but like, the father isn't teaching her anything. Unless she wants to learn the sousaphone. Well, he doesn't have that yet. Oh, that's right. He doesn't have a sousaphone. Just has the tuba. That's right. I'm sorry. So... So the tuba. Yeah, so everyone's still like, you know, we should live in a hot air balloon. Maybe we could live at the top of a treehouse. And she's like... Let's just go back into our house. We have a house. It's literally right here. And live in it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the queen of... <laughs> no, you have to... You're reading it wrong. You have to read it in order. I'm sorry. The, what? No, no. You don't have to read that part. Just read... Well, so she says, let's go live in our house. And right. then and then what does it and say? And then, what? Says the father. What? Says the mother. What? Said her brother. What? Said the queen of Malay... Mulvania. What? I don't know. What did you say? M-E-L-A-N-E-S-I-A. Wait, let me look at this. Melanie. Oh, I say, uh, I always say uh, Melanesia, but uh, that's a one-off joke, but I appreciate it. Because there's not a lot of laugh-out-loud moments in this book, and kids get a kick out of that one. Really? Well, if they have a sense of irony. Kids. My daughter. Irony? Yeah. Okay. It's a funny bit. Then she's gone, and you never see her again. Yeah, it was I weird. I'm like, I love what? It. Oh, okay. Melanesia. That's hilarious. And then, but when the parents are shocked, they go back to having eye sockets too. Mm-hmm. They they lose, they lose their they, eyelids. They lose the eyelids. It's well, because when you're shocked, you 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 lose your eyelids. Like whoa. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, whoa. It's, it's just particularly creepy. Here. <laughs> so then they are like, okay, they're we're tired of sleeping outside. We can't sleep in the shed. Let's sleep in the walls of our house. This is where I get really uncomfortable. How so? Because looking at this picture of the mother and daughter in the walls, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of Jews hiding in the walls during the Holocaust. That's interesting. Like, and that is never something that I have heard. And then like, I'm like, are the wolves supposed to be Nazis? Like, hmm. it made me super uncomfortable. It's very interesting. Because, I mean, look at this. They're cramped. They're hiding. Hmm. They don't want to be heard. Right. They're essentially just well waiting it out. Let's take that to its logical extension then. I mean, yes, but then isn't it about overpowering your oppressors and, and reclaiming your space? Yes. Yeah. But, but that's an interesting... But, I have but, never heard but they, say that before. That's interesting. I like to just throw random Yeah, sure, sure. I'm not going to tell you that's wrong because that is definitely an interpretation of it. But but the, at first they don't plan on retaking their house. They're no, just like, no, no, no. We no. just need a place to sleep. Right. Let's hide in the walls. Right. That's what they do. I mean, the wolf. Yeah. The, the the only difference between this would be the wolves are not actively looking for them. Right. Um. Right. They're just using this as well. The wolves were here. Now let's just switch places. Yeah. The wolves yeah. are. T- but the wolves are taking everything that was theirs. Oh, absolutely. That's true. I mean, they're taking yeah. their food, their mm-hmm. clothes, uh, their. Game, the boys games like they're beating his high scores yeah they're just the the husband's instrument they're taking the jam. all of the personal Anything belongings that's been important to them they have taken yes yeah. though i do like the fact that um 
the wolves, apparently one of the wolves knows. So they know how to party, apparently. Really well. And It's kind of like the dog party uh, from previously discussed in... Uh, go Dog Go? Go Dog Go, oh, I right. think you meant. Yes. But I, I just like the fact that one of the wolves knows how to play the tuba. <laughs> Not only does he know how to play the tuba, it says the biggest, fattest wolf of all was playing an old wolf melody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to hear that wolf melody. <laughs> really? Because I would think it'd be a little like. <laughs> that's my, that's my take. It's, it's very. I mean, it is a party, I guess. So it is a party. I'm gonna want a little oompa oompa. So they decide we can't do this anymore. They're, you know, the mother's like, my jam, my wolves. The little my brother's like, my video game high scores. The father says, my second best tuba. Mm -hmm. And Lucy's like, right, I've had enough. So they go and they take broken pieces of a chair. Who breaks up a chair and puts it in the walls? I mean, this could be a very old house and they just it randomly built, house, they built but walls over yeah, I don't know. faces. I don't know. I don't know. But they somehow found a broken chair. All right, well, then, then they decide to take... Chairs have four legs. Everyone takes a piece of it. There are four people. And then they run out of the... They, they go out the walls, just right. like the wolves did. Right. And the wolves freak out because the people have come out of the wolves. And this page will give me nightmares really? for the rest of my life. But they're not realistic. But it's like when you hide... Oh, the yellow eyes. It's the yellow eyes. It's like the ink blots. It's the... The the huh. multiple, it's the the contrasting color. Like I. Can't... So this would not be your tattoo then. Oh no, I'm not having any tattoo. <laughs> no portion of this will, will be placed Zero. upon your skin. No. All right. No, I can't. Oh, oh no. God, unless mm. I don't feel like sleeping for the rest of my life, I don't mm. know. So then the people come out of the walls, and the wolves are terrified, and they're running out of the house. Mm -hmm. The last picture is kind of in reference to the before when the wolf was howling at the moon Call and, back. and all the parents you know, all the family was in the garden mm -hmm. now it's the silhouette of the family with the broken piece of the chairs and the wolves are running out of the house yeah so now we get to the point where they need to clean up the house yes and it says it takes the family several days to clean I up i believe that and this it, it's a photograph <laughs> of uh, squeeze like they cut up squeezed lemons. Jam. Jam. A lot of jam. I don't know. Is that a macaroni? I don't know what is that going. That could be a biscuit. Okay. I don't know what that is. I don't but know. It's strange. It looks disgusting. But it's interesting to have one page be an illustration, the next page be a photograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always it, changing it up. Yeah, it definitely keeps you on your toes. Oh yeah. And then we, and then everything's back to normal until one night she hears something that sounds exactly like an elephant trying not to sneeze. Mm -hmm. And she says to her puppet, do you think I should tell the rest of them that we have elephants living in our walls? And somehow the puppet now talks and <laughs> says, I'm sure they'll find out soon enough. Um, so the puppet can talk. Now we can, yeah. Yep. And they didn't close the walls after the wolves left? That is... Well, they were cleaning the house. And you know when you're in that cleaning binge and you forget a couple details here or there? You know then? when something traumatic happens to you and you want to make sure it never happens again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Lucy didn't remember, to be perfectly fair. Because she does seem to be on top of things. But maybe there's no way to close the walls off. I... Come on. I don't know. I... I maybe they should have put traps. This whole story made me uneasy 
It's supposed from, to. From the very beginning mm-hmm. to the very end, mm-hmm. I never felt at ease. Not even when, like, they finally kicked the wolves out. I was still like... Oh, you don't feel any cathartic... No. I never sense got... Sense of release. I, I never got a, a moment to breathe a sigh of relief. Really? The entire time I was... It was... I, I don't because like, they had to clean. Well, I don't like suspense movies, and this felt uh, like a suspense movie to me. It is very much a suspense book. Yeah. So but the art, the story, everything just made me go. <laughs> <laughs> it is designed to put you on edge to a certain extent. So, you know, I get these kids who are like, I want a scary picture book, and there's not much you can offer them that is could be determined to be legitimately scary. Uh, this book. I think is probably scary to some kids. I'm sure there's a kid out there who, if they read this book, would be freaked out. I've never met that kid, but I know they must exist somewhere. But this is the one I would give to kids where a kid was like, I want something creepy. I'd be like, ooh, don't mind if I do. Here you go. This is a little freaky little book there. Yeah, it it just makes, it's just suspenseful. and Yeah. And I don't... Because it takes your safe space, your home, with your family... And it becomes infested with... In England. In England. Yeah, (laughs) sure. But it becomes infested with a type of character that historically, in folktale certainly, is the villain. The wolf. But but it confused me when he said, there are no wolves in this part of the world. There aren't. But there are are in the United States. Yeah, there are. I would, if a kid came up to me and said, there's no wolves in this part of the world, I would agree with them. Actually. This part of the world makes it sound like United States. Well, fine, this part of this country then. So Dave McKean, fascinating illustrator, as I say, has done a lot of graphic novels, did many of the Sandman graphic novels in much the same style. He's been paired with Neil Gaiman over and over. Neil Gaiman kind of likes to stay with the same illustrators for long periods of time. And uh, he's the guy you go to if you want a little level of creepy there. And yeah. at this point in his career, Neil Gaiman was all about the creepy. Yeah, I no, I I I would put Neil Gaiman with creepy. I've never heard of Dave McKean before. And that's because you're not in the graphic novel world, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, you don't have but to. He, be. So he does creepy. Oh yeah, he doesn't do cute fuzzy bunnies. I've never seen him do a bunny, <laughs> and if he did, it would probably not be a bunny you'd want to meet in a dark alley. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. And it would have little dots for Look, eyes. I can appreciate creepy. Like I'm all sure. about Tim Burton. And this is like... an older picture book, I'd say. Um, I say that and I read it to my four-year-old, but definitely, you know, this would be for, I'd say for your six, seven-year-olds, you know, on the upper end. They're a little jaded. This is for your six, seven-year-olds and you read it to a four-year-old. Oh, absolutely. He's gone bored. He loves it. Okay. (laughs) I didn't say all six, seven-year-olds. I mean, I, you know, it it depends on the kid, but if I didn't know the kid and I didn't know what they could handle or not, you know, eh, six, seven, that's good, I'd say. So, a little background information. This did win awards. It won the New York Times Best Illustrated Children's Book, uh, one of ten. It won the British Science Fiction Association Award for Short Fiction. That one blows my mind a little bit. Short Fiction? Yeah, apparently they considered this a short story. In a way, it is a short story. Aren't all picture books short stories? Yeah, but they don't usually have that much text. There's a lot of text in this. Yeah, there it's, is. It did take a long time to write. So that's my assumption. I don't know this award personally. And in 2006, it was adapted to the stage. Huh. Yeah, they called it a musical pandemonium. And uh, Musical? Well, I guess because No, it was a musical. 
It was a musical. It was uh, the Scots actually adapted it. So everybody was Scottish. Uh, it was co-produced by the National Theatre of Scotland and something called Improbable Theatre, which is a good name. And it premiered in Glasgow and then toured the UK. And then it came in October 2007 to New York uh, to the New Victory Theatre for a two-week run. And guess who saw that production? Neil Gaiman? Me. Oh. Neil Gaiman also saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I was there. Uh-huh. I saw this show, and it was very catchy and fun. And it was there for only two weeks. And there was people dressed as wolves. Uh, it was sort of a mix of... So imagine, like, the Lion King. That's how I would want to do it. Yeah, like, but... With, the, with puppets. With puppets. Yeah. It was like... But they would but they'd change it up. So it'd be different kinds of puppets. Like, some of them would, like, be, you know, uh, shadow puppets. And then some of it would be, like, hand puppets. And some of it would be, like, puppets attached to human bodies. As they're, like... There is this moment where they're having the party, and it gets wild, man. It's just like, like everyone's dancing around. It's pretty. It was pretty awesome. Okay. And I did wonder at the time. I was like, this is even as a long picture book, not that long yeah. for a full musical. But there was no intermission, and you know they filled a good hour and fifteen minutes. I'd say. Huh. So well done there. Okay. Had tip. I do not remember if the puppet had any lines. Uh, it might have. Well, the wolves talk in this book, so... They do talk in this book. so And they get to sing. Now you get to hear those old wolf tunes ah. that you hear so much about. Did it go... I don't remember, but it better have. There you go. I think... Leave the tuba imitations to me, That's all you. Tuba's all you. All right, sounds good. So, ratings time. Four. Oh. <laughs> um, I was actually going to say five, because I do like it. I don't know if I would call it the most classical classic of no. all time. It, it it serves like many of the books we discuss. It serves a purpose. The, yeah. That purpose being, if a kid wants a scary picture book, you can hand it to them. Right. Yes. Yeah, but this is not a classic. I'm not going to. If it and... disappeared tomorrow, I'm not going to weep. No. I like it. it. I like it a lot. I own it. I read it to my children. I recommend it to people. But I'm not waiting on Tetherhooks for the full-length movie that's going to come out. Yeah, no, I I like the different kinds of art. I think that's really unique, and I wish more books did it. Like, combined illustrations with photography. People are going to yell at me. I can actually hear people yelling at me. They're saying, Patsy, tell her about that this isn't the first time Dave McKean did art with Neil Gaiman on a picture book. Right, 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 right. Uh, there was the, the, okay, I can't remember the exact name, but uh, like there's a book about a boy who trades his dad for two goldfish. It came out before this. It was for also, two goldfish? Yeah, it was a good trade. Well, his dad's super boring. <laughs> he gets him back. Oh. Yeah. So, not the first time they've worked together. And also, not a classic. Not a classic. No, sorry. I just, it just made me too, feel too uneasy. Especially as soon as I saw that picture with the mother and daughter in the walls, I was like, this is too... Okay. You know what? This, I can respect this that. This is a little too too much for sure. me. Sure. That's so, Especially for a kid's book. So, yeah. Okay. Or children, whatever. All right. Letters time! Ooh. So a couple episodes ago, we talked about a tiger called Thomas or a tiger called Tomas. Right. And that was written by Charlotte Zalatow. Yeah. Whose daughter is Crescent Dragon Wagon. Yeah. Yes. Well, wait, wait, Missy. Wait. Because apparently Crescent Dragon Wagon listened to that podcast the day, it, the morning it was released. 
Like, I put it out the night before, because that's what I do. I put out the podcast. And I'm in the morning, I'm checking my... It was on Facebook. I was checking my Facebook. And Crescent uh, wrote oh, me this. Is she mad that I giggled? Not even slightly. Well, come on, man. She's she's a grown-up. We are all grown-ups here. She said, hi, Elizabeth. Fran Manushkin passed on your podcast. And who, a story... Wait, who? Oh, Fran Manushkin. Who's that? Oh, Fran Manushkin. So Fran Manushkin, she's also a children's author, illustrator. But okay. she's been in the business so long. And she's known everybody. Fran's amazing. That's another story. Okay. Anyway, Fran passed on your podcast and a story about a tiger called Thomas. Thank you for considering it in so many ways. Some I'd thought of and some that were brand new. And please, you like the afterword. Marta, the illustrator, is Spanish, not Mexican-American. So right here, I'm just going to slap myself a couple times. Like, ow, ow, ow. That was my bad. I should have looked that up. Hence, I think she guessed on some of the particulars of an American Halloween. I, too, thought, whoa, even if you do candy apples, wrap them in cellophane. <laughs> Excellent point, because we didn't yeah. mention it on the podcast, but she's giving, like, candy apples no, to I, trick-or-treaters. Well, I was thinking about that. Like, like you drop is... that into your candy yeah. bag, and then, and what, every well, single... And even the cookies. You put that in your bag, and yeah. they're just going to, like, fall well, first apart. Of, well, they're going to fall apart, and then the crumbs are going to stick to that disgusting candy apple you got at the previous house. Okay, then it might actually be kind of good. Like not, a crumb covered. Maybe, but I. Come on. Only grossness could get involved. <laughs> I am not on. This is not sanitary. <laughs> I do love her pictures, though, especially the way she does everyone's eyes and the vividness. Mm -hmm. Even, even the darks are bright. I love how she put that. Nice, yeah. And then she says, "By the way, I am one thousand percent with you in wishing, hoping that Williams Doll will have a reissue with new illustrations. It is my an unending frustration in my life." That I and my agent cannot seem to move this forward with Harper Collins. I mean, what a time for that book. Exactly. This is something that has been driving me crazy, too. This is a book that Harper Collins refuses to reillustrate. And we are freaking gonna do it one of these days, Kate. And you're gonna see, you're gonna see why this book needs new art. Okay. Alright, but forget its name because I don't I want you to be surprised. Okay. okay. <laughs> Next up, we got something from Elizabeth with an S. Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Elizabeth wrote, I just wanted you to know I was wearing my favorite October sweater while listening to your podcast today when you were talking about him. And the him in question is... Jack Skellington. And she has a sweater that is featuring... Jack Skellington's Ness. faces. Ooh, except it's like, it's three... Okay. It's like his face, but then above it, you got like the outline of Oogie Boogie mm -hmm. and uh, the witch... And it's even more complicated than that. I'm pretty sure that's a Lusikofta. A what a hada? Oh, child, mom is having a fit right now. Got them a Mom, had, you know, would make these Lithuanian uh, sweaters called Lusikoftas. Well, I didn't know what they're called. Right. Well, they're they're called that because those little dots are supposed to be lice. Um, they're lice. What? They're louse sweaters. Ew. That's what Lusikofta means, man. I'm sorry. Have you not been up on your Lithuanian recently? Uh, anyway, no. this is clearly a Jack Skellington Lusikofta which I am very impressed by. So well done there. Elizabeth goes on to say, my husband was appalled that I had never read the monster at the end of this book when we were married. At our house growing up, we had instead Grover and the Everything in the Whole Wide World Museum. I loved this book because I got to put everything in its correct category. And now I work in a library. Go figure. <laughs> this is the second time this book has come up for me. Uh, a friend of mine went on a different podcast recently and said that this is the book he gives to other people's children. It is called 
Grover and the everything in the whole wide world. Is it that gold museum. spine book? Nope. It's it's one of those Sesame Street books that had nothing to do huh. with little golden books. So right. I had never heard of it. So it goes against the theory that Sesame Street never made another good book besides huh. the monster at the end of this book. So they made two. That tip there. And the last one is a quick one from Stephanie, the third sister. Hello. Hello. She says, so I agree with Betsy that pumpkin ale is the best thing to drink in the fall. But I respect Kate's disgust. (laughs) She anticipated you. (laughs) However. That's why she's our third sister. That's why she's our third sister. Exactly. She knows how to mediate. However, I also offered this. Haven't tried it yet. Will tonight. And then she included a photo of a can of beer called Chai Solstice. I am intrigued. I am not. I am. I love chai. I love chai. That is so gross, Betsy. Stop that. Give your taste buds something good for once. I'm sorry. You mean more deliciousness? Thank you, I will. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. All right. All right. Grown-up things we like. Oh, right. You go first. Okie dokie. When you hear this podcast, I will have just returned from New York City, where I will have participated in School Library Journal's Summit where I will have interviewed an author by the name of Adam Gidwitz. Adam Gidwitz is an author. He has written many, many wonderful, really creepy, makes wolves in the walls look like nothing, uh, middle grades that are based on the grim fairy tales, the really grim, grim fairy tales. Well, he has a new podcast out. It's called Grim Grimmer Grimmest. <laughs> so there you go. So you know, okay. it's a 10-episode series. Huh. Uh, and basically what he does is he interacts with a classroom full of kids. So he, and he's, he's a teacher, former teacher. So he, he knows how to do that interaction. And each one's like a different story. And so basically he reads them to them. You can hear all these different like tellings. He has voice actors that come in, um, all sorts of stuff. They started getting to released on October 21st, and they're going to do one episode per day through Halloween. So, folks, if you want to catch up, feel free to catch up. They are out there. It's called Grim Grimmer Grimmest. Cool. Mm-hmm. How about you? So, I don't know what you're calling him this week. The uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about our Lightbender? Oh, Lightbender. He kind of is a Lightbender, actually. He is a Lightbender. That's actually his job. So I thought I'd work it out and actually bend some light. It is what he does. Yeah. But it also sounds good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So our LB and I, uh, we went to (laughs) Starved Rock State Park. Yay! To try this thing that the kids do called camping. Was this your first time camping? In the Midwest. (laughs) I had done it in California. You know, when it's like, you know, 75, 80 degrees, and it's beautiful and sunny. What was the temperature when you were doing it? when we got there, it was 33 degrees at night. So, So you do know they have cabins there. That's for, that's glamping, Betsy. It's glamping? We did. What does glamping mean? That's like glamorous camping. Really? Glamping. I'm a glamper? You're a glamper. That's awesome. I'm a camper. I put on three pairs of socks, two pairs of pants. Three shirts, a vest, a jacket, and, and you were we, grateful. And we put on, we put up that tent, and we slept on the ground. I saw you brought um the biggest 
blackest uh, frying pan of all time. Cast iron. Cast iron. Yeah. Weighs we 500 made, pounds. Yeah, we, we made a fire and we made breakfast in that pan. That and sounds delicious. We had breakfast s'mores like you do. Oh, breakfast s'mores. Right? Is there bacon in there? Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Starved Rock State Park in, uh, in Illinois, it's right along the Illinois River, and it's known for its canyons, and there's waterfalls, there's wooded trails, um, there's the Starved Rock Dam. You went there and you saw a bald eagle. I did. I saw a hawk and something that wasn't a crane, but I don't know what it was. Oh, yeah, I see those all the time. I have no <laughs> idea what they are. Did you go in the gift shop? No. Don't. Okay. Just... Just don't. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell anybody why. Folks, if you go to Star Rock, it's great. Do not go in the gift shop. And that's all I'm going to say. But it's a great place. Yeah, no, we hiked for five hours. We saw um, like five different canyons and uh, four different overlooks. And it was a beautiful day. It was so crowded. There were so many people there, but it was totally worth it so cool yeah nature yay nature and only camping for one night yeah that's yeah. all right that's more than i would have done yeah. that's all right cool yeah well then i guess i've been betsy and i'm kate who doesn't like wolves in walls that's okay okay i'll get you a different wolf in wall books no. wonderful no bye no. fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons Kime, and our light bender is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.